0: Of course I'm dealing with guilt and like, am I doing the right thing? And those moments of panic of like, oh my God, I actually moved out. Like, was that the right thing? You know, am I, are the kids gonna grow up and think that mom left? Like all of these fears and doubts and guilt and heaviness I'm dealing with. Okay, before we go any further, I just wanna say hi and reconnect with you and let you know that in this episode, I do want to share my story of my recent separation from my husband and my daughter's accident and a little bit about what led up to all of it and just how I'm navigating some pretty heavy stuff in life right now because I know that we all have our own challenges and struggles going on. And you know, the mama miracle philosophy that I always talk about is about tapping into the love and commitment that you have for your kids and letting it fuel positive change no matter what that positive change might look like in your life so that's what i'm going to talk about and how i'm trying to create positive change thanks for being here when you work on yourself you really do make the world a better place and filling your soul you are worthy and you deserve it ready mama Before we dive into today's episode, I have a gift I want to give you. Now, I believe that my success in anything I'm doing, whether it's in my business or home life or my relationship with my family or mental health, absolutely anything, depends on how well planned I am in advance and how intentional I am with my time. Planning in advance gives me the opportunity to make sure that the important things are getting done and that my needs are getting met. And so the gift I want to give you today is my daily scheduling worksheet that I designed to help you plan your day. On this simple worksheet, I also made space for you to write out your morning and nighttime routines so it's all in one place. To get this free download, just go to themamamiracle.com forward slash schedule. And in addition to the blank worksheet, which you can print out and fill out as many times as you want to, I'm also going to give you a copy of my handwritten daily schedule so you can kind of get an idea of how I divide up my day. This worksheet has been getting downloaded like crazy lately, which tells me that you guys need this. So go get yours for free right now on your phone at themamamiracle.com forward slash schedule. That's themamamiracle.com forward slash schedule. Now let's get into today's episode, sister. Well, hey friend, it's Sarah. I have a really great episode coming out for you based on your feedback in the Motivated Moms Facebook group. I asked you what episodes that you need to hear right now, and I am going to bring you an episode about friendships and how to make true quality friends as a mom, as a busy mom in a world where we need so much support but it can be hard to really truly deeply connect with another mom. I think for me personally what I find is that it's it's not really hard. Maybe you have a different experience. For me it's not really hard to like find moms to connect with. Like I mean there's just so many groups. There's parks, like just anywhere. Like, you know, I I can relate to mom friends at work. Like there's just so many great women out there to connect with. But for me, it's about like the amount of women friends that I have that are like my lifer, lifelong, deep, like soulmate friends who I could literally tell anything to and they would never judge me. <clears throat> those types of friends, I think, are the, the hard ones to find because it takes, it takes time to develop those friendships. And the amount of those types of friends that I have, I could easily count on one hand. <laughs> and so I'm going to bring you an episode on that. I have a really great episode planned. But in this one, I, I felt like I kind of owed you a personal life update um, recently, I posted in our Motivated Moms Facebook group my story of the accident with my daughter and what we all went through. And I'm going to let you go into the Motivated Moms Facebook to read the full story. Basically, you know, the short version is she was involved in a golf cart accident where um, both of my daughters fell out of a golf cart with my husband and my oldest daughter ended up suffering a pretty severe head injury. She cracked, she fractured her skull, she experienced some brain bleeding and of course she had some really bad road rash on her leg and so we spent a couple days in the ICU. This happened a couple of weeks ago and so we've been... Recovering from that trauma, she's doing great now. She's back home, she's going to school now. Um, this happened right before spring break, and so that was kind of good timing. She got to rest and recover over spring break, even though she didn't really get to do anything fun, which would have been nice. But you know, I'm just so grateful that she's okay. It was very scary to say the least, really traumatic. Um, it's something that I'm still processing and grieving, and kind of out of all of that. As you know, my my husband and I have had our fair share of, of struggles and last year we sort of unofficially separated at least a couple of times while living in the same house. It was kind of more of a put a pause on our relationship type of thing and then we would naturally just get sucked right back into our cycles, which was, you know, there's always a good phase in the cycle where everything's amazing and then there's the low phase. But it seemed over time that we continued to repeat our cycles and the highs got higher and the lows got lower and it seemed like there was less and less time in between. And the accident was a really big turning point for me and I'm not going to get into it too much <clears throat> here if you'd like to read more about it you can come on into our Motivated Moms Facebook group um, it's a it's a, that's what I built it for it's a safe place to come and talk and express yourself and talk about things maybe you only want your fellow supportive moms to hear and nobody else so that's what it's there for and so I've posted the story in that group um, but you know out of All of that, my husband and I decided to separate again, but like this time for real. Um, And I'll admit it was more on me. This was something that I put kind of put my foot down and was like, "This, this was a big turning point for me. And we had discussed what made more sense for him to move out or for me to move out. And I think the assumption had always been, like, if we had ever gone that route of one of us moving out, like, he would always move out. But, you know, we we have a very equal relationship, and so I just got to thinking, like, because what happened was I could tell that it was going to be a real fight <laughs> to get him to move out. Like, he just wasn't in a place where he was very motivated to to go. And, like, I'm I'm not just going to, like, kick him out. Like, we don't have that type of relationship where we're fighting and I'm like, you're out of here. You know, kick his butt out. You know, we have, throughout this process, have had a very cooperative, supportive, co-parenting relationship. And we respect each other. And it seemed that he was not in a place where he was... (laughs) and move out anytime soon and so I said you know what I'll do it I this is something I am willing to take on and part of that is I felt the responsibility to do something different um, because of the way that our cycles ended in one of my children getting very severely hurt I felt a heaviness and a responsibility to take a different approach. Because like they say, if you do what you always have done, you will get what you always get. And honestly, I'm not going to, on this podcast, like get into the reasons in which I decided to separate from my husband or the ways in which I feel our cycles Led to the accident. That's something that again I've shared in the motivated mom's Facebook group only for you guys to hear. Because I also don't want to like put my husband on blast or anything, he's a great father, and I truly believe that it was our dynamic that led to the accident and led to where we are now, and so. I was faced with some very heavy decisions to make, and I just made the decision to just go ahead and and move out, and so that's what I did over the weekend, last weekend. I had spent a couple of days um, apartment hunting, going to look at apartments, and I settled on an apartment complex just right up the street from the house so that I could be close, my plan was that I'm going to spend as much time at the house as possible. The kids will stay with me at the apartment for three days or four day, three or four nights, and then they'll go and stay at the house for three or four nights. And on the nights that they're not staying at the apartment, I'm gonna try to be there at the house to, to meet them when they come home from school and have dinner with them and be a part of the bedtime routine and everything. At least that's what I'm trying to do now because I'm trying not to disrupt their lives and their routine too much. I have to say I'm extremely grateful because my kids are so excited about the apartment and and I worried, you know, the last thing that I want is for them to have this feeling like mom left or mom moved out or like like we have mom's home and then we have dad's home. I still wanted the house to be home for everyone. And so that's why I'm trying to spend as much time there as possible. Obviously with their ages, eight, six, and two, it's really hard for them to understand the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing and all the you know, the complexity of it. And so I'm just trying to keep it simple for them. And I think it was good timing because Greg and I were already on, in the market to buy a second investment property. And so we had, we were in escrow for this condo down in midtown Atlanta that we were going to use as an investment property. And then we would rent it out on Airbnb and then we would use it from time to time because it's close to the airport. We would stay there, you know, if we had an early flight the next day or if friends and family came into town. And so for them, it wasn't like weird or New for them to experience us having like a second property, a second home. And I think it was, that was good timing. Cause it was like, Oh, like, well, you know, we're getting this condo and we're getting this apartment and we have the house. So we have all these different cool places. So they've been really excited about it. And I asked them several times just for my own reassurance, like, how do you guys feel about this? And um, is, is there anything that you're concerned about or worried about? And they were just like, like my daughter's mom, no, like, we're, we're super excited. Don't worry. <laughs> Little attitudes. So I've been grateful for that because I'm like, okay, like, I guess they're processing this okay. You know, that's my biggest fear is how it affects them. And I think I will say, so... The here's how the move went. My husband were was on a business trip to Miami over the weekend, and so it was a good time for me to do it. Not that I was like hiding it for him or sneaking out or anything like that. Like he knew what was happening. Um but I obviously I, I had the kids and you know they were getting excited about the apartment and you know it has a really cool like pool and it has a a sky lounge on the rooftop and it has like a dog park and all these cool amenities so they were excited about those but when it came time to the move and the movers came like I don't maybe they didn't quite understand that this just this wasn't just like a second fun home but they started to see like that I was moving my bedroom furniture out because Greg and I um I don't you as you may know this or maybe you don't but we we don't ever sleep together I mean it's once in a while but we had had our room separated, he would sleep in the basement and I would sleep in, in the bedroom upstairs by the kids. And honestly, that kind of started out as more of a, a sleep situation. Um, just so that we could each get better sleep because we, I'm a very light sleeper and he's a very, um, I don't know, crazy sleeper. And so we were able to both get better sleep in that situation. And so I took my bedroom furniture with me and I think, you know, there was a moment when autumn, my six-year-old was like, wait, well, like you're t- like, what are we going to do in this bedroom? And I said, well, we've been meaning to get a new set of furniture for this room. Cause the old set just doesn't really like match the style of the house. And so daddy's going to pick out a new furniture set that he wants. And he's probably going to stay up here. And I'll be staying at the apartment mostly, but I'll be coming over a lot and spending a lot of time here with you guys still. And so I think there was that moment of, it kind of worried me like, Oh no, is she, is she realizing what's happening? Is this going to be hard for her? And honestly it was like, Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Like, I guess I'm grateful for that. But, and so I got moved into my apartment on Saturday and I'm having so much fun. I'm just going to say it. There's no shame. I know I can be real with you guys. I know that there are points in marriage that are hard. It's like there there were so many times that I kind of dreamed of this, and now it's real and i have my own place and i feel like such a grown up cuz i had to go out and do all the things to get the apartment you know get the money orders and get the rental insurance and and all the things and i'm just really really enjoying the space and freedom that i had so the kids spent the first 3 or 4 nights with me at the apartment and then they went back to the house, and the idea is that right now, over the next few nights, they're going to stay at the house, and I, again, I've been trying to, you know, spend as much time there as possible when they get home from school and in the evenings. But I am freaking loving my apartment. Like, it's, I just actually pulled up right now, and I'm just so excited, and I'm, oh, the sense of peace, and I got to tell you, the process of going through that traumatic event the accident the what it the realization of what it meant for me and being in a turning point in my marriage and the heaviness of like all right well thing things are going to be different was all very heavy and traumatic and I never really processed it like I I never once cried. And I think that's because that's my coping me- mechanism when I know like when I'm in a, you know, a traumatic light, fight or flight, like we, I just get in there. When I'm going through something traumatic and especially when it involves the kids, I just get in there and I just do what needs to be done. It's almost like my emotions cut off. And I go into like, okay, what do we need to do? We need to get to the emergency room right now. We need to, um, you know, get, get her seen. Like we, we need to get her checked into the ICU now. Like at every step of the process, I was just fully present for her. And I was glad to be able to do that. And I will say, so another thing that is new in my life is I recently got diagnosed with ADHD and I sought this diagnosis because after meeting with my therapist a lot, he suggested it. He suggested that I might have ADHD and maybe I should seek treatment for it. And the more I researched ADHD, the more that it, it felt right. It felt like that's what I have. And some, you know, just to touch on that for a minute, some of the symptoms were I told my doctor, I just, I start a lot of things. I don't finish a lot of things. I'm pretty impulsive. I, I find it really hard to be organized, which is why I rely so heav- heavily on using my planner and having systems because I, it, I struggle with it. It has not come naturally to me. Although I like to think of myself as a very organized on it person It does not come easy to me. I have to have a lot of discipline around it. And so I told my doctor, often it feels like I'm pacing around the house and I can't seem to focus on any one thing. I can't seem to get started on a lot of things. Or I do get started, but then I kind of like go to something else. And like, I would just be pacing around my kitchen and feeling super overwhelmed because I didn't know where to start if it was messy. I really struggled with keeping up with day-to-day things like housework and projects and just getting organized. I noticed that in, because I'm a business coach at a company that coaches lawyers, and I noticed in our team meetings, I was (laughs) always very fidgety in the meetings. Like, and we're, we're a virtual team. So it's, it's all on, um, on video, but I would notice that I was the only one in our team meetings who was like moving around a lot and being very fidgety. And I just could not sit still. And so after describing all of those symptoms, um, my doctor was like, yeah, that sounds like ADHD. And so we, she started me on a treatment. There are non-stimulant options for ADHD and there are stimulant options for ADHD. And the non-stimulant options um, tend to take longer to work. And I told her, like, I need something to help me now. This was before the accident. This was just me trying to, to function in life and get through the work day and get some, you know, order and systems in my house. And I was like, I need something to help me now. And she's like, okay, well I would definitely go the stimulant route. And she put me on Concerta, which is a a longer acting medication. In other words, it stays in your system longer. It takes longer to like work. It's not like an immediate acting. Like I'm sure you've heard of Adderall and and things like that, which are like, they give you like a, a very short term bout of focus and then it wears off and then you have to take it again. And my doctor really did not want me to go on Adderall. She was very opposed to it. Um, but I do have, that was just my like normal, normal doctor. I do have a appointment with a psychiatrist coming up where we're going to re-review all the options. But the, so I've been taking the Concerta, which I've noticed it helps. It's, it helps. It's a very subtle difference. Um, in other words, you don't, you don't have that like high and low. It's just kind of like a subtle help of focus all day, if that makes sense. But she started me on the lowest dose. And at the, on the first couple of days I noticed it helped. And then I asked her like, honestly, it's not helping as much as I want it to. And so she's like, okay, well you can take one and a half tablets. Like we can increase the dose. And so the first day that I took an extra half and the way the medication works is because they're heavily coated so that they don't digest so quickly in your system. And so they last in your system longer. It was really hard. It's hard to cut them in half. And so when you cut them in half, they kind of lose from what I understand, I could be wrong, but they lose the, the long acting effect. And because you, you open up the, the outside coating of the pill when you cut it in half. And so your stomach acid is able to access the medication inside a lot quicker. And so I did notice that it helped a lot to take one and a half. And the first day that I did that, I was, was the day of the accident. And I was in the middle of this day long virtual event through my work where I was coaching lawyers all day in this virtual retreat. And it was kind of this fun event. And I was on, I was on all day um, going in and out of these virtual rooms, coaching people. And all of a sudden our neighbor friend comes running and screaming for me. And I'm like literally on a coaching call and I'm like, can you hang on a second? So I muted myself and I turned off my video and I go out into the living room. and My husband was carrying and my daughter and my other daughter was screaming cause she had scraped her elbow really bad. And so I just went into like, okay, like what, what, have been, what, what, you know, what do my kids need right now? And I just went into that hyper focus and I have to say that I'm so grateful for the timing of this new medication and especially the timing of the dose increase because I truly believe that other than the evolutionary, you know, um, reaction to just jumping into to helping my kids however they need, I really think that it helped me focus and stay calm and be present for my daughter throughout the process of realizing that she, something was wrong and she had a severe head injury to driving her all the way to the ER, which I honestly did not realize at that point how severe it was. I thought that maybe she just had a light concussion. And so looking back, if had I known how bad it was, I would have called an ambulance to come and get her so that they could take her quicker because it was about a 45 minute drive to the ER. But just during that time of driving her there and checking her in and getting her, you know seen and getting her a CT scan, and then the doctor coming in and telling me it's more severe than expected. She has a fracture on her skull, she has brain bleeding. We need to admit her to the ICU. We're potentially looking at brain surgery. All of that, and I know I sound so calm right now because that like that's just how I process. And I'm, I truly believe that it was the medication that helped me show up fully for her and be calm for her. The hardest part I think was, this is where I might get choked up, but the, and I, I still haven't really cried. Like there, there have been moments where the tears want to come up and I just push it down, push it down, push it down. Cause I'm like, Nope, I can't today. Nope. I've got too much to do. I've got to show up for these kids. I've got to, just, you know, show up for my job. Like, I've got to move out like and get organized at the apartment and deal with separating from Greg, who doesn't even want to be separated. Like, there's just been so much. And of course, show up for my other kids. And my mom came to town. And yeah, like, I guess talking through this is making me realize, like, why I've gone into that, like, hyper focus, show up and do shit mode. But going back to, I think the hardest part in the hospital was because of her concussion. She had no short-term memory at all. She doesn't remember the accident. You know, she, when we were in the hospital, she doesn't remember driving to the hospital. She didn't remember being in the hospital. She didn't remember anything from the night before the next day that we were in the hospital. And so, she kept asking me over and over and over and over what happened. Am I going to be okay? What happened? Am I going to be okay? And it was so heart wrenching, but I had to stay calm and just continue to reassure her in the ways that she needed. And because I've held it together for the last couple of weeks, this happened two weeks ago. And I've held it together so that I can do what needs to be done. I realized like, holy shit, I need to fucking process this. Like I need to be alone in my apartment and I don't know what's going to come up. I don't know if I'm going to cry, which I hope I do because I need to get it out. Like I have been pushing it down for too long and I need to get that shit out. And so the last two nights I've been in my apartment and like just catching up on sleep, spending time with my dog, which we, you guys know we have two boxers and it's been a total pain in the ass to have the two of them because they have, um, litter mate syndrome, which is like, they're too focused on each other. And so it's very hard to train them. And so separating them has actually been amazing. I brought Emily, our girl dog with me to the apartment and James, the boy dog stayed at the house and they've both been just so much better behaved and just so much happier. And like, I feel like I'd be able to give Emily a lot more one-on-one attention and James is getting more attention too. So that's been a blessing. Um, but yeah, like I'm processing right now. I am literally in it and I don't, of course, of course I'm dealing with guilt and like, am I doing the right thing? And those moments of panic of like, oh my God, I actually moved out. Like, was that the right thing? You know, am I, are the kids going to grow up and think that mom left? Like all of these fears and doubts and guilt and heaviness I'm dealing with, I have met with a therapist and I was able to talk through it and, um, you know, I got that validation and reassurance and everyone that I, I will say, I'm so grateful for the supportive people in my life. Everyone who knows me is reassuring me, you know, what's best for you and your family and your kids and you did the right thing. And this is going to be good. And I don't know that it's going to be like this forever. I don't know that I'm gonna, Live in the apartment forever. I don't know if I'm ever going to move back into the house full time. I don't know what our relationship with Greg is going to be like. I don't know what it's going to look like with shuttling the kids back and forth, which is the part that I hate to do because I just want them to have stability. But it was what was needed to end the cycles, the toxic cycles in my household that resulted in the accident. If you're curious about that, again, come on into the Facebook group and read my post. Um, so yeah, here I am. And now I'm focused on helping Audra recover. She is super bummed that she had to stop horseback riding uh, for a while. She basically can't do anything that would risk another head injury. And so I've been like paranoid about her going up and down the stairs, paranoid about her in the bathtub. Um, She cannot risk another head injury while her brain and her skull is healing. Otherwise, it could be really, really bad. Thankfully, she didn't have to have surgery because the bleeding in her brain stopped. And it didn't require, you know... Because if she would have kept bleeding, it would have put too much pressure on the brain. And that's when they had to do surgery. But thankfully, it did not come to that. And so now it's just processing, trying to get some stability. And I my apartment is still, you know, kind of in shambles. I'm in boxes. Like I moved in quick. I will say it was the easiest move I've ever done. Um, I'm having so much fun organizing. Like I went out over the weekend and I went to Costco and Ikea and like target. And I just bought a whole bunch of new things for the apartment and I spent way too much money, but it was kind of like what I needed to do. I don't know, you know, retail therapy. It was what I needed to do. To feel a sense of, like, like establishment in my apartment and in my new home, and make it how I want it. And I'm having a lot of fun with that. And I'm just like literally everything in my apartment that I have is only things that I want. And I'm going to be very deliberate about making sure it's not cluttered, because I struggle so much with ADHD and and staying organized. I'm going to be very deliberate about having systems and habits and routines. And I will say it's a lot easier to do that in a smaller place. you know, what Greg does with the house is up to him now. And, and I've given him that freedom. Like, hey, do whatever you get, whatever bedroom furniture you want, like run things the way you want, because that was part of our, our negative cycles was that we butt heads with parenting so much where like, you know, he tends to be more of a risk taker. Hence the, you know, thing that led to the accident in the golf cart. And for, for so long, like I know a lot of you can relate to this, but like he would be more of the risk taker and I'd, I'd feel like, well, like be careful. And then he would get defensive and he would say things like, you know, the kids have never gotten hurt on my watch. You have nothing to worry about. I'm a good father and you make me feel like I'm not a good father. And the thing is he is a really good father. I think that, okay, I I didn't think I was going to open up about this on the podcast, but it just feels right. And I mean, he and I have talked about this so much too. So it's not anything that like, he hasn't heard me say before, but he has said so many times, like you have nothing to worry about. And then I would be like, well, I don't know. Like he is, he is a good father, but I think that the resentment would build in him. Like he would always feel like I was micromanaging him. And yet I felt the need to micromanage when I didn't feel comfortable with the way he was parenting. Right. Right. And so it created a lot of tension and resentment between us. And while I have worked very, very hard at stepping back and letting him parent his way, um, I think there's a balance and, and there's a lot of things that I need to think through. Like a lot of people have been asking me, are you comfortable with leaving the kids with him? alone for half the week? And quite frankly, right now, the answer is yes, I am. Because he is in a state where he is, you know, after the accident, of course, he was incredibly remorseful and just felt absolutely crushed and terrible. And so he is more, he is hyper aware and focused right now. Um, And I knew, I saw it coming from a mile away. I knew that we would be entering into the good phase of our relationship again after the accident. Like after we had that low, we would move right back into the high that we always go into where he would be remorseful. He would show up fully. He would be a lot more present for me and the kids. He wouldn't just disappear like he had done in some of the negative cycles in the past. And things would start to feel better. And I knew that would happen which is why I knew I had to move out like quickly because I would, I knew that I would have gotten sucked right back in. And then we would have started the cycle all over again because after a while of it being really good, what tends to happen is he starts to, I don't know, like I'm still trying to figure out what happens and he's going to therapy too, but like he kind of starts to check out a little bit. And when he starts to check out, I then start to feel panic and I then start to feel anxious and like, where's Greg and is he watching the baby and what's going on? And I know he struggles with anxiety, Greg, and it's something that I'm encouraging him to seek help for. Um, but that's when I kind of get more revved up and he then starts to feel frustrated and micromanaged and, and angry. And our unhappiness has been both ways. Like the toxic, someone told me this and this freaking changed everything for me. I was actually, I was getting a massage and the massage therapist was like, I swear she should have been a life coach and a therapist and all the things she said without even me telling her very much. She said the toxic things in you attract the toxic things in him and they work against each other. And I was like, damn, she's right. And so I fully take responsibility for my part in the challenges of our marriage and in the things that led up to the accident. I think at that point, I truly think, and Greg does not understand this, he denies it, but I truly think that we were in the bad phase of our relationship where I was starting to feel like worried and frustrated and a little more anxious. And he was starting to feel resentful and micromanaged. And I think that part of the accident happening was him. Like, this is so hard to explain, but it's like in my gut, in my head of how accurate it is, but it's hard to explain. But I think that the risky thing that he did in the golf cart was him subconsciously Resisting or rebelling against me. And he completely denies it. He thinks I'm crazy. But I have seen this pattern play out over and over and over and over to the point where his luck finally ran out. And I mean, accidents happen in his defense. Accidents happen on everyone's watch. I have certainly had my fair share of accidents with the kids happen on my watch. And I am no perfect parent. And I do my best like we all do, just like he does. And so me taking responsibility for my part in the accident meant I recognize what was going on and how I was reacting to feeling like he was pulling away again, detaching, moving into more risky behavior. And I take responsibility for my part in that relationship because that's what you have to do to be a leader because you are a leader and I am a leader, whether you're a leader in the traditional corporate sense or not, whether you even work or not as a mom, you are the, you are a leader. I always say you are the CEO of your family. And as such leaders have to take responsibility for everything. And this is going to sound really harsh, but everything is your fault. Okay, that sounds really harsh, but here's what I mean. If I want things to be different in my life, I have to be willing to admit everything's my fault. In other words, I'm not blaming myself. I'm not belittling myself. I am saying, what was my part... In this interaction, in this experience, in this relationship, in this falling out, in everything. I had to experience it lately with my best friend of 10 years and I broke up and I had to take responsibility for my part in that. Because we tend to think that it's the other person's fault that they are doing the wrong thing. They're saying the wrong thing, but everyone's perspective is 100% valid. We all see the situation from an entirely different perspective through an entirely different colored lens sometimes. And so while Greg takes responsibility for the accident and admits that he did something risky and made a mistake and he regrets it to the depths of the earth, he doesn't see the situation the way I do. And that's okay. That's his perspective. But from my perspective, it was a turning point and something needed to be different. And I was willing to take responsibility for that something being different. And that's why I moved out. So yeah. I really didn't think I was going to get into all that on the podcast. But again, it just felt right. And sometimes I sometimes you have to follow your gut. And there, there is someone out there, maybe it's you, who needed to hear this story. And that is the whole point of me sharing this. Yes, talking about this helps me process. But at the end of the day, I could do that with my friends. I could do that with my mom or dad or my therapist. The reason why I'm sharing This story on the podcast is because there is someone out there who is going through something similar. Maybe you're separating or thinking about separating. Maybe you have toxic cycles in your relationship. Maybe you're sometimes worried about the kids. Maybe you don't feel safe in your relationship. Maybe you don't feel that your kids are safe in your relationship. Maybe you dream of getting out for years, but can't find a way. And what's crazy is that that morning of the accident, I had prayed. I had woken up that morning and prayed because remember I said that we were in the bad part of our relationship, the bad cycle, the bad part of the cycle. I had gotten up that morning and I remember being in my bathroom and looking at myself in the mirror and saying a prayer to God in the universe and my angels and all my higher powers to give me a way for things to be different because I felt so trapped in our cycles, in the miserable parts of my marriage, in this house that I couldn't keep up with because it's too big and there's too many things and... We, you know, like I said, Greg and I's toxic cycles like work against each other. And so as much as we like wanted to have a really functional, well-oiled household, we just could not seem to do it. And I prayed for something to be different. And I don't believe that the accident happened as an answer to that prayer But what I knew was, because sometimes, you know, I don't think that everything necessarily happens for a reason. I don't think that God and the angels like set things up to where like kids get hurt. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. I think that just accidents happen. And I don't know if it's karma or what, but for whatever reason it happened. Maybe, you know, like I said, his luck run ran out finally. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why it happened, but that's not the point. I think the point is what do you do with it? When you're faced with opportunities and decisions to make, I just want to recognize how heavy and hard it is. The When I was sitting in the hospital, watching my daughter sleep in the ICU, I knew something had to be different. I said, this was it. This was the turning point. And I committed right then and there. Things are gonna be different. And so what does that look like? Right now, I'm focused on helping my daughter heal and recover. I'm focused on showing up fully for my other two kids because of course there's so much complexity with that. Like my other daughter who was also in the accident, but didn't have as severe as an injury. She only scraped her elbow, which poor little thing. It was so bad, but because it wasn't as so severe, she wasn't getting as much attention. And because Audra got to have like a four day stay in the hospital and everybody was talking about it. And literally, like, everyone at school was talking about it. All of our neighbors were talking about it. Friends and family were talking. Like, literally everyone. Autumn was starting to feel left out. She's six. Like, it's natural. And so one of the things I did was, oh, because she had said, oh, my God, their little brains are so sweet. She had said, Mom, who do you think is luckier, me or Audra? And I was like, well, honestly, I think you because you you didn't get hurt as bad. And she was like, no, Audra's luckier because she got to go to the hospital. And I was like, oh honey, do you feel like you haven't been getting as much attention? And she was like, yeah. And so I went to CVS and I bought a whole bunch of like arm wrapping materials And I came home and I wrapped it and I was like, you know what? We need to take care of that arm better. So I wrapped her whole arm up and she kept calling it her cast. And so I like made her feel like she was really badly injured too, just to make her feel like I care and I want her to be okay. And it's amazing how an arm bandage can really work to repair, you know, a heart pain and a heart injury if that makes sense. So, showing up for my kids fully. Trying to get some a sense of peace and being settled in the apartment. Um, trying to figure out... Yeah, with my marriage, like, Greg... I knew this would come, but he wants to get back together. He wants to work. He wants to be intimate. Like, he... Is very sorry. And I'm just like, I, no. Not right now. Like, no. And I'm willing to co-parent with him peacefully. And I'm willing to, like, spend time with him and the family. And, like, have fun together. But, and he, so we kind of settled on, like, we're going to be friends right now. Which is exactly what I wanted. But we are going to start couples therapy. Because... Regardless of what I want out of this marriage long term, like therapy is always a good idea. And I think that that'll give us a space to process and to talk through our feelings. And he's somebody that I've you know been with for the last 13 years, and I owe it to our relationship to, at the very least, do therapy. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm at. Um, I can't say enough about how much I appreciate about in our about you and this community and the Motivated Moms Facebook group who have been, you guys have been so incredibly supportive and loving and supportive of each other and inspiring and you come in and you share your wins and you share your struggles and you give advice and you just share tips. And that's like, it's it's truly an incredible community. And I feel so proud of it. So freaking proud. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to be focused more on cultivating this community. I'm gonna be hiring someone part-time to kind of run the community and help with online courses and things like that. So stay tuned, we got lots of good things coming. Thank you for being here and for all you do. You're amazing. Now go out there, take charge of your day, you beautiful, powerful, and incredible mama. Talk to you soon. Not so fast, my friend. If you feel motivated after today's episode and moved to pay it forward and give back to me, please share this podcast with a friend. You can either share the link directly in a text message or take a screenshot and post it on Instagram. Just be sure to tag me at Sarah Munder so I can see it and give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. It's important to surround yourself with positive, like-minded people who lift you up. So I urge you to join us in our Motivated Moms Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash motivation for moms podcast. If you need something to help you change your life, like right now, go to my website to get a free copy of my life-changing worksheet, The Mama Miracle. Just go to themamamiracle.com, put in your name and best email address, and I'll send it over to you right away. While you're there, you can sign up for my popular and affordable planner makeover course and learn how to use your planner to reach your goals, accomplish all of your tasks with ease, establish your non-negotiables, and finally create time in your life for the things that really matter to you, but often get neglected. And if you're ready for next level breakthroughs in your life, in your personal and professional goals, in your relationships, then I urge you to get on the list for my exclusive 12-week coaching program, Breakthrough. I only work with moms who are serious and committed to changing every area of their life for the better. So if this is you, go to themammamiracle.com forward slash breakthrough. Thanks for being here today. Now go out there, take charge of your day, you beautiful, powerful, an incredible mama. Have a great weekend and I'll talk to you soon.